Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back this week with Melissa Crabtree. We are talking about unit studies, and this is part of our homeschool survival series. We are here to help you figure out the best way to homeschool your kids. Uh, Melissa, thank you for being with me again today. I am thrilled to have you back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I love this. I'm loving this conversation. It's really fun to learn about new ways to teach our kids. It's funny. People always assume that I know all of the different ways to teach kids. I'm like, I don't know. I don't do unit studies. I've never done unit studies. But um, and I would say we're, we're definitely more kind of eclectic. So I've done unit study-ish type things, but I've never Mm -hmm. really focused on them. And so this is really fun for me to learn more about it. Um, But before we dig in again, I want to say thank you to CTC Math, our sponsor. They are a fantastic online math program. If you guys are looking for something for your kiddos, try them out, ctcmath.com. You can download it for free, do the first couple lessons for free and see if it's a good fit for you and your family, ctcmath.com. Melissa, okay, this is really fun. And I'm excited about today because we are actually going to walk through a unit study with you. You're going to show us what that looks like practically. Um, But first I want to ask where, where can people find resources for unit studies. If they're looking, they're like, okay, where do I even find out about unit studies and find some good resources for it? Where are the best places for them to go? So there are, um, we talked about literature-based unit studies. We talked about theme unit studies, kathyduffyreviews.com. So Kathy, D-U-F-F-Y reviews.com. She, that site has been around for a very long time, and it really is a wealth of information for all sorts of curriculum types, but she has a section there of various unit study options to find that are prepared already. Uh, also, unitstudy.com. In the, a couple of segments before, I might have said unit studies. It's unitstudy.com. Okay. Amanda Bennett wrote a large variety of themed unit studies, horses or world wars or, um, you know, animal types or beaches or lots, any variety you could think of. Uh, She has a couple of different kinds of options. Some are month long, some are week long, some are made for independent learners, lots of different options there. And then of course, my favorite five in a row because it was literature based and that's what we really fell in love with. And then we really never deviated after that. Um, So those are some great options. Also homeschoolshare.com is a collection of resources that a lot of moms got together and wrote unit studies. So they're not, um, they are all, there's all manner of unit studies there. And I believe those are still free. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've looked at that site, but that is another uh, option for where you can find some. Okay, fantastic. I will put all of those links in the show notes so that people can find them. Um, Okay. I am a brand new mom to homeschooling or at least brand new to unit studies. Take us through a unit study. How do we make this work? What does this look like in our family? Okay. So what I did is I would, at the start of the week, I would typically for me, it was Sunday afternoon or maybe even Monday morning. I, I, I tend to be a fly by the seat of my pants homeschool mom, especially when they're younger. And, um, so I would make a list of the things that I wanted to learn that week. And of course we generally were using a prepared curriculum. Mm -hmm. So, um, if I was writing it myself, I, I, you know, would do a little bit more prep work, but with five in a row or whatever unit study you're using, I would open the manual and with five in a row in particular. And I think most unit studies are like this. There might be three science options for 
for the book in particular. And I'm, I might only pick one of those. And then in two years, we might come back and do this book again and learn another one that happens to be a more developed topic or a more mature topic for when my kids are older. Uh, I also might do the more mature topic with my nine-year-old and not with my five-year-old. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's another way to uh, just individualize it for your children. So I would look at the beginning of the week at the study, the, the topics through the week that I wanted to learn. And that would be science, social studies, art, um, history, which is a little bit different than social studies. Social studies tends to be lots of interpersonal interaction, how mm -hmm. the, you know, um, kind of a, how groups of people have interacted with each other and things like that. And then history, of course, is just very specific events that have happened in history. Um, there, you could do a character development, talk about how a child might be interacting with grandpa and how important those relationships are in our families. So, and then I kind of planned my week and just wrote down on which day I wanted to hit each of those topics. Then on Monday morning, I might have decided that math was going to be what we were going to do that day. So again, off of five in a row, the way five in a row was designed was we read our book five days in a row, which is what is actually so fun about it. Okay. Um, and this could be whatever your theme is, but with five in a row in particular, because it's attached to the story that you're reading, um, you're reading it five days in a row. And that is where the actual title of the curriculum came from. Okay. So we would read our book each day. So we read our book. We, you know, couch time is always so great. So we pick up the book, we read through it, and then we decide what are we going to talk about that day. So, and can I interrupt really quickly? Yes, yes. So you're, so you, when you say you pick a book, basically like with five in a row, and of course that's not the only option, right. but that's what you used. And, and I actually have five in a row now and it's fantastic. They give you a list of books in the, you know, in the beginning and say, these are all the books we're going to go through. So you're going to then go to the library or purchase that book. Mm -hmm. um, I would say purchase the book because the books that are usually suggested through any literature based unit study, I would assume are books that you would want to have on your bookshelf anyway. They are, they're very high quality books and they're going to become your favorites. Right. So you're I've gonna read them over and over lot, again. Yeah. I've given away a lot of our books. We have all of our five in a row books still. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So sorry. I just wanted to make that clear. Um, yeah, no, that's that you're great... talking about. Yes. You're, you're going to get whatever into your hands, whatever book you're going to use that week for the unit study. And you do yes. one, you would typically do one book a week. I typically did one a week okay. and we kind of would do three books every four weeks. Okay. And then because sometimes you bleed into another week or there's a field trip that doesn't really sure. happen at the right date or, um, or that week you've got several doctor's appointments and you just need a little bit extra to do. So that's kind of how we did it. Okay. Really, everybody can do what works for them. If you only can school three days a week, then that works for you. If you, you know, it's all about what works for the family. So got it. Okay. We would start by reading the book. And I did a lot of reading during mealtime because it was great for my kids when they were sit, uh, yeah. sitting down. I also had a very active uh, toddler when I was doing five in a row. So if she was buckled in, it gave us a lot more time to get a little bit of stuff accomplished with her not um, climbing all over things right. and that kind of stuff. So we did a lot at, at mealtime or sitting on the couch during nap time, things like that. Well, during toddler nap time. So you read your story and then on Monday, say we're going to pick the science topic. And for this week, so we're going to talk about Make Way for Ducklings. So I'll show it here for anybody watching. Robert and Cliff McCloskey, Make Way for Ducklings. It's a fabulous book. All Robert McCloskey books are so yes, great. Yes, they're so, so good. 
So we would read the story and um, then our topic might be ducks for this day. So that's our science. Okay. Now there's a lot to learn about ducks, right? We can learn body parts about ducks. We can learn that ducks are buoyant. You can learn that they're waterproof. You can learn that they're actually birds. So a whole, there's a lot you can learn. There's more than, maybe you don't wanna learn all that in one day. Maybe you wanna take a couple of days. So science might spread out into a couple of days. Um, and then one thing I think that's important to note about science is when you're learning that an animal is buoyant or you know something like that, it's not necessarily that you're learning it only about birds. What you're learning is, so right now we might be learning about ducks for this time, but we're learning that ducks have feathers all birds have feathers. So you're learning about the animal kingdom yeah. and your children will apply that to other animals mm -hmm. without you having to teach it as a very specific skill. So, sorry, I got derailed on that one. No, so that's okay. we are going to read this storybook and then I have gotten some other books from the library or found a couple of YouTube videos on specific characteristics that God created in ducks. What makes a bird a bird? We'll learn about buoyancy. You might learn about a ball floating to the top and when it, you know, that a rock might sink. So that might be your hands-on activity for learning about buoyancy. So that might be the science lesson for that day. And then that might be the end of your learning for that day. You've read your story. You've done some hands-on activity. You, with your nine-year-old, you might learn how to spell the word buoyant because that's not an easy one to remember mm -hmm. how to spell. Um, and then you've also read some about ducks and learned some body parts or characteristics. So that would be your science day. And then you would go on and do your formal math or formal reading, anything else you needed to do for your day. And then the next day, you would read the story again or look through your theme, whatever is, you know, kind of your anchor for the week. And in Make Way for Ducklings, the the Mr. and Mrs. Mallard are walking through Boston uh, with their ducklings behind them. That's what it's called, Make Way for Ducklings. So the whole thing, if you haven't ever read this book, it's Mr. and Mrs. Mallard walking all the way through Boston and they are, the people in Boston are making way for the ducklings as they are migrating. So one of the things that you might do the next day is, so this book is great for geography, which is why it's one of my favorites to talk about with a literature study because it really, there's so much in it. So one of the things that you could do is find a map of Boston that now it's easy to find a map, right? We just go to Google Maps or right. open up if you happen to have a good old atlas, uh, an official road atlas. So what you can do is you might have, so you learn about maps and you could hold your your um, GPS and let your child see when you're walking down the street, your dot is actually moving on the map. Mm -hmm. And then we could remind children that we didn't have that when we were little right. and we actually had to read the map. <laughs> <laughs> but they can see where they are in space and that Mr. and Mrs. Mallard were walking through Boston making, you know, that you could actually walk the route if you lived near Boston or wanted to go there for a field yeah. trip. So then your child, after knowing that they went on a very specific route through Boston, you could trace that that route on a map. And then you could also have your child draw a map. Maybe you're um, your their neighbor lives four doors down the street and they might draw a one simple my house, three houses between, and then my neighbor's house. And then they've drawn a little map that is just four houses down the street. Or maybe to go to church, 
they cross the street and then they go down and turn left. And that might be their map for a child like that. So you can make your map as complicated as you want it to be. And then you've learned the way they went, they followed a map, and then you wrap, wrap it up by your child drawing a map. So we understand the whole purpose of maps and recording and that kind of stuff. Oh my goodness. So fun. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. As we try to impart a biblical worldview in our children and equip them to be salt and light in an increasingly secular culture, we need tools to explain how the scriptures mold our view of every subject we teach. We need homeschool curriculum that shows how the Lord rules over everything we learn while stretching our children to follow Him wherever He leads. Learn how BJU Press Homeschool has served thousands of Christian homeschool families just like yours by visiting BJUPressHomeschool.com. Are you ready to restore our constitutional republic? Patriot Academy is on the front lines of the mission to educate, train, and inspire millions of citizens to know and live their freedoms. With courses and materials from America's Constitution coach, Rick Green, Patriot Academy's Constitution training will equip you to be a leader in your community. You don't have to know anything about history, the Constitution, or the law to get started. The courses and coach training are free. Find a class today or sign up to be a Constitution coach at patriotacademy.com. Again, that's patriotacademy.com. We are back with Melissa. Um, okay, so we we talked about ducks. We talked about geography. What what next? And, and let me just say really qu- quickly, one of the things that I um, and finding that I really like about unit studies is that you're not, it's not a checklist every day that every day you have to do math, every day you have to do science, every day you have to do history and geography. That that to me becomes kind of overwhelming. And we don't do those things every day. But I know for a lot of moms mm-hmm. and dads who homeschool, they feel like they need to check all of those boxes every day. And I'm seeing that with unit studies, that's not how it works. It's like, absolutely true. Yeah. So, so continue let's move on. Okay. <laughs> let's okay. continue so, on. Right. <laughs> Keep so we've already talked this. about ducks one day, then we talked about maps another day. So okay. this is set in Boston. So we would also learn about some major characteristics of Boston. What are some specific buildings that are there or um, a park or, you know, if we we're something like that. So then, uh, and you might not know those things for Boston, but I can guarantee you, you can find, you can go on Google maps, go to downtown Boston, and you'll be able to find all sorts of stuff. Um, so you could get a book on Boston, same thing. Like we've already talked about, learn about the city features of Boston. How big is it? What are some major, of course, we know there's lots of history in Boston. So, um, so that might be your, another geography or social studies for that day. And then another thing that's great. So in this book, there is one spot where the policeman has his whistle and he is helping the ducklings cross the street and stopping traffic. So we could talk about, Helpers, right? Mm-hmm. Community helpers. That's a great kindergarten, first grade unit. Who doesn't love to learn about policemen, right? Yeah. So that would be Maybe another. Maybe go to unit. the police station and absolutely do a field trip. Perfect field trip. Yep. Yep. It's a great way to do it. So and how he helps in the city, and you know, we could talk about how we interact with them and the service that they do for our communities and their importance. And then one thing we haven't talked about yet, and this would be good for so so that could be another day where you've read the book and we've talked about community helpers and some features of Boston. And then the next day, we haven't done any art yet. So I'll show for the people who are just watching. So most of the books, what you'll learn is you can see the specific kinds of art. Sometimes they're watercolor paintings. So sometimes they're charcoal, sometimes they're pencil. So what you'll do, and and you can usually learn this from the publisher if you can't figure it specifically, 
if it's an oil painting or however the uh, illustrations were made. So you could just pick, um, you could pick one picture and have your student copy that picture. Mm. You could learn, um, you could take a your pencil and try and copy a picture in here. You could learn shading with your pencil. And each, you know, again, your five-year-old might just copy the little duck on the picture, mm-hmm. whereas your nine-year-old might practice shading and put some very specific features on your picture. And then your 11-year-old might practice, uh, you know, even more detail and things like that. So all three of your children are doing the exact same thing, but they're doing it at their own level each time. Yeah. So I think we've hit most of what you would hit as you were learning. Migration would be another great topic. So mm-hmm. each day you pick a general topic, a, what we would call a subject, mm-hmm. a content area, and you might hit geography one week and the next week it might not be a book that lends itself to geography. And that's right. okay because we don't have to hit that all the time. Some books, uh, Make Way for Ducklings, would be really heavy on geography because of the whole mapping concept. And so you could spend two days doing creative things for geography. And then, um, and then it might be that one week is a very heavy science week. We focused really heavily on animals because little kids love to learn about animals and they just add a lot of fun. Uh, and then trying out a field trip. That's another great thing. You know, you can go feed the ducks. Of course, ducks in particular are generally easy to find. Um, especially if you do it in the spring, then you see ducklings and that's an extra bonus. So the the benefit of a unit study, I think one of the most important benefits to wrap it up is that you, the children are making an emotional connection to what you're learning. So instead of just writing, reading a paragraph and answering three questions about mm-hmm. ducks, they are remembering this story. They're remembering your field trip. They're remembering their own picture of a duck that they drew and is on the refrigerator for two weeks. When dad comes home, they're going to tell them that ducks are waterproof and ducks are buoyant. And that's their emotional connection. So then they're invested in the learning because they're emotionally connected to it. And then the bigger sibling is going to know more than the younger sibling. And they're going to be able to tell dad more about that at dinner. And so it's just it's just such a great way to connect the whole family. It's significantly less planning for a mom because yeah. you all your kids can be doing, I mean, it's so easy. Social studies, science, applied math, applied language arts, geography and art yeah. all at the same time with all of your ages of children. That's amazing. What a great way to school, yeah. Yeah, wow, okay, this is so fun. You know, it's so funny with um, the ages of my girls, there are so many times I hear about things, I'm like, oh man, okay, I wanna reverse back, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago and start all over because this just sounds like a really fun way to homeschool. And again, moms, dads, if this is a great fit for your family, try it. Try doing a unit study. Try it maybe for a month. Commit to doing it for a month and see if maybe it's something that would work for you. Um, Melissa gave some really great resources. Um, You could go to fiveinarow.com, unitstudy.com, um, homeschoolshare.com or kathyduffyreviews.com. I will put all of those links in the show notes and you guys can go on there, check out different unit studies. You know, like you mentioned, you could go to Pinterest and find things, but just don't overwhelm yourself. Don't feel like you have Absolutely. to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. Do what works best for your family, what you're comfortable with and what will be fun for you as their teacher and what will be fun for your kids because that's when education really comes alive. It doesn't come alive when we're sitting doing worksheets. Some kids enjoy that. Really, they do. I mean, I, I, you know, Lacey loves to do 
worksheets with certain things. She just thinks that's fun. Brooklyn, if she could burn every worksheet in the world, she would. I mean, she's right. just never enjoyed it. Um, so, you know, do what works for your family, but try it out and see if maybe this is a good fit for your family. Thank you so much, Melissa. I have so appreciated your time this week and your knowledge and expertise in unit studies. It's been really helpful for me as well. So. Can I add one more thing at yeah, the end? Because please. I realized this is something that I forgot about, but for moms who need especially to have some proof, what would you do in this week? And how do our children show us that they're learning something? I talked a little bit about drawing or, um, you know, you take pictures of your field trip. One of the things that is really easy to do is take those collections of information and mm -hmm. put them in a notebook. So three hole punch, your picture of a duckling, three hole punch, your map of Boston and your map that you drew walking down to your church. Um, so that that way you just have it collected in a notebook. You have, you can show someone who needs to see your portfolio. You've learned about geography and take a picture of grandpa when you're learning about that relationship or the field trip of the police station. So, uh, it doesn't have to be a worksheet to show proof that you learned, but there are states that want to see something on paper. Mm -hmm. So even if your child is telling you a story and you're writing down what they're telling you, they can, they can teach you what they learned and what's most important. And that way you do have some proof for some of those very specifics. And kids love to look back on those notebooks yeah. from the past. And it doesn't have to be prepared and fancy. Three hole punch, the piece of paper where they drew a duck. And it's a great memory. Yeah, that's so fun. I I have saved, you know, some things for my girls from when they were really little pictures that they've drawn and stuff. And they always have a really fun time. They laugh, of course, at looking at their pictures. They're like, I drew that. And I'm like, yes, you were like three. <laughs> <laughs> and it is really fun to look back on that. So um, thank you again, Melissa. And thank you guys for joining us this week. It has been an absolute privilege and honor to be with you. I hope you're having a great, great week. Have a good rest of your week. And if you would consider supporting um, the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry. We would greatly appreciate that. You can go to schoolhouserocked.com, learn there how you can bring financial support to us. We would um, greatly appreciate that. Have a great day. We'll see you back here on Monday with another fantastic guest. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.